Welcome to Who Needs School with your host, Joe Vollert. Hey, I'm back after a little vacation break. In fact, if you ever have an opportunity to get to Spain, I highly recommend the island of Mallorca. My wife and I had a chance to spend eight days there with uh, some friends, rent a car, explore the island. They have a ton of inlets and coves. We spent a wonderful time out at Porta Petro and then a few days at uh, Barcelona. I have fallen in love with Spanish wine and food. Highly recommend it. Hey, our guest today is a seasoned startup executive, Peter Stern. We'll talk about his path as a startup executive and his new venture. He's co-founder and CEO of VoiceBrain.ai. It just started this August of 2021. Here's our interview. Well, a warm welcome to our guest, Peter Stern, today. Thank you, Peter, for joining us. Joe, thanks for having, having me on today. It's a pleasure. Yeah, looking forward to our conversation. So let's dive right in. would love to ask you about your professional experience with startups, and then kind of on the heels of that, explore how school did or didn't prepare you for what you're doing. So kid, walk us through, what, what's your startup experience been like? Yeah, absolutely. So my, my career originated through two large enterprise organizations, ultimately, which was Oracle and Salesforce.com. And while I was at Salesforce, I was building a number of different startups inside of Salesforce. And so we're, we're creating new lines of business and new ways to, to go to market. And that really hit my entrepreneurial spirit and got me looking and thinking around Silicon Valley. And I started thinking about what happens if I get to the end of my career and I never really take a shot at this startup world. And so I took a look around, talked to a number of my mentors and really joined my first startup, which was a company called OpSource. It was if you think about what Amazon has done with uh, Amazon Web Services, it was an early player uh, in that market. And so I joined that organization to run sales and, and help grow the business. And uh, OpSource was subsequently sold to NTT Dimension Data, but it really gave me my first segue into Silicon Valley and high growth technology companies. And from, from there, I really shifted my career into this world of door open startups. So organizations that had an idea, organizations that maybe had a wireframe or a design. And uh, really over the next sort of eight, nine years of my career, joined these organizations, companies like Autopilot, which was a high velocity marketing automation company, an organization that did drip emails. Uh, they've, they've since continued to grow that business and leverage artificial intelligence. Companies like Schedulo, which is a, a mobile workforce scheduling application that help people book appointments in a mobile capacity and out in the field. And if you think about what's happening with COVID today and doctors, nurses, practitioners out there trying to schedule appointments with their patients, Schedule is an organization that helps facilitate that hmm. and helps facilitate the scheduling of COVID vaccines around the world. And so just a fascinating wow. experience. And over the last four years, helped build an industrial strength e-commerce platform, uh, a company called Inception, and had an incredible run there, great mentorship, and really worked with some, some very seasoned and, and talented executives. And I'm happy to announce just uh, launched a company this last week called VoiceBrain.ai. And that is a platform that helps industrial organizations take their folks out in the field doing work and capture their voice communication and then deliver 
insights back to the company on productivity gains, risk assessment, how can they be more safe, how they can be more secure. So very excited about the launch of that organization, but incredible run over the last decade, having a lot of fun in the startup world. It sounds like you've really created a, a kind of a niche in your career of helping companies get on the launch pad and just assembling the rocket and then allowing it to take off. And then you move to the next uh, rocket launch. Is that about right? hundred uh, percent right. It, it, it's sort of funny. Most they, most of my career I've, I've been in heads of sales, go-to-market roles. With VoiceBrain, I'm actually uh, the CEO and the co-founder, but looking at my, my previous experience, most heads of sales want to join an organization that's already 50 or $100 million in revenue getting prime for an IPO. The startup, right. the, the startup world can be very uncomfortable at times, but you know, I laugh with my wife, Lori, I'm, I'm very comfortable being uncomfortable. And I just, I love this life cycle of a company. I've always liked building the model airplane versus flying it. And so helping these organizations start from ground up has really been a passion of mine. And just to dive in a little bit with uh, voicebrain.ai, it sounds like, are, are you leveraging AI around a voice? And do you, you see this as an emerging you know, market? Absolutely. I, I look at voice, especially coupled with artificial intelligence, really as the next frontier. If if you look at enterprise software as a category or, or software as a category, uh, in how organizations run, most organizations have what we call a system of records around things like uh, a customer. So you think about what Salesforce.com has done around uh, managing their customer relationship, whether that's how do you sell to your customer? How do you manage your customer? How do you support your customer? How do you market to your customer? That's a core system of record that, that most organizations, it's near and dear to most organizations. Companies manage their HR information. You look at companies like Workday that, that create that system of record. SAP and Oracle create a system of record for their financial data, their product data, their, all of the data that they, that they need to, to manage their operations in, in the back office of an organization. Voice to me is, is the next frontier. 90% of the data in an industrial company is voice. If you think about a construction site or a mining site or or Disneyland, for that matter, you have folks managing that experience on push-to-talk devices. A lot of conversations are taking place. Most conversations aren't captured, and and just about all conversations aren't analyzed. So how do you make sure you're getting maximum productivity from your employees? How do you make sure your client is safe and secure? How do you make sure you have risk mitigation, et cetera? So uh, massive opportunity that we're going after. And I am actually... Uh, very blessed that my my co-founders have backgrounds from Harvard, MIT, and, and Stanford. So as I came out company. of Berkeley, yeah. <laughs> we have our Cal Stanford debates and whatnot, but all, all out of good fun. But uh, well, you bring the personality to the group, huh? <laughs> well, that, that's why I'm the go-to-market role. So it's uh, how do you well, that's that's awesome. It sounds very exciting, and maybe we'll look back at this, and people won't believe I got to talk to the the founder of the voice AI industry, right? Uh, Gosh, so we'll my, see what happens. Best of luck. My my door is all always open under any circumstances. So yeah, just uh, need some execution, a little bit of luck, and some great product on my side, which we're well, on our way to. Well, one of the things I'm I'm trying to uh, drive at with this podcast is, you know, something we all do: school, right? We've all had that experience, and I'm curious on on two fronts. You know, really knowing what you know and, and doing what you do now. What should we be doing? Is and I, I'm talking primarily about the secondary education space. But also reflecting back on, on, you know, what are the building blocks of your experience that helped you get to where you are today? 
Yeah, it's it's fascinating. So I grew up in the East Bay, went to public school at Akalani's High School, and then attended UC Berkeley. And it's fascinating. If as I went through my my educational process, I didn't really have a hard and fast opinion on what I wanted to do for a living. So you get some folks that basically say, I want to be a doctor, uh, a lawyer. I have very, I want to become, get into politics, have very, very specific interests and, and desires. I didn't realize that I wanted to get into the technology industry until I was at Berkeley and it was the dot-com boom. And it was, I always say I got into technology because I was in the Bay Area. If I went to school in New York, I probably would be in finance. If I was in LA, maybe some aspect of the entertainment industry. And being I was in the Bay Area, Oracle was obviously an incredible organization and it was a great place for me to, to entrench. But if I think about the classes that interest me most transitioning to Berkeley, I, I really threw a pretty wide net and I look at where my interests and my, my, my passions were. And it was really a lot of those activities and classes that were outside of the core curriculum. Things like public speaking, the ability to get out in front of your peers and, and present and do things like storytelling. You know, it's interesting. You look at a lot of people that move on in their career and regardless what they do, you need to be able to communicate and, and tell a story. Yeah, you the need power to be- of narrative drives a lot of companies, right? Absolutely. And in really driving towards my interests, I was in everything from drama to the band. And I spent an extraordinary amount of time in athletics playing water polo, both at Aquilani's Berkeley and then for the U.S. national team. And the things I, I really extracted out of those experiences, whether it was drama or band or or athletics, was just this notion of of aligning with your with your teammates or your band members or your fellow cast and the ability to work in a collaborative setting with them to ultimately have a common goal, work extre- extremely hard and get to a common outcome, a common successful outcome. So, just. You know, love all of those experiences throughout my educational process. You know, that really resonates with, you know, so many people I've had a chance to talk to. As, as, as many of our listeners know, I work in advancement at St. Ignatius. I get a chance to talk to a lot of uh, alumni over the past 15 years. And when I ask them about what the most meaningful educational uh, experiences they had in high school, they talk to the, the experiences they had outside the classroom, whether it was a retreat, being part of a team. Those are the things that tend to stay with you. And I think part of it's because you're, you're, it's not just your mind that's engaged. If you're in athletics, your body is right on a debate team or in a, in a play, your, your spirit's involved in that in some way. You know, there's other parts of your being that get uh, pulled in and are part of that experience. And I think that helps with the, the formation and the memory. And that's what, quite frankly, where we, we learn a lot of our leadership skills, right? I would imagine Doing what you're doing today has a large part, you know, to do with the leadership you've developed and some of the underpinnings you had at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think one of the um, areas that really translates across taking core classes at school to athletics, to band, to drama, et cetera, was 
just this notion of, of mentorship. And one of the things that really impacted me the most is, and it doesn't matter if it was a, a teacher, a coach, my, my peers, really across the spectrum and employers and, and bosses, I've, I've really been fortunate with just this, this concept of having really strong mentors. I, I, had, I was blessed with extraordinary coaching throughout my water polo career at, at all levels in which I played. And I had teachers at Akalani's that would challenge me. And I remember to this day, Mr. Free and my history teacher, he challenged all of us to, to actually run for public office at one point or another and get involved in your in your community. And I think about that quite often. And while I never actually ran for public office, I did sit on the board of San Francisco International Airport for nine years, and now I'm an active member of the, the California uh, Lottery. And we have a mission there to contribute billions of dollars back to the public education system. And if I didn't have Mr. Freeman in my life talking to me about just this notion of getting involved outside of what you do day in and day out, you know, you wake up every day, you go to your job, but I also want to, to continue to throw a wide net in terms of how I can be active in the community and how I can give back. You know, thinking about bosses that I've had and mentors that I've had over the last four years at Inception, the founder and CEO, Farzad Debachi, he was the one that really taught me how to be a CEO and gave me the confidence and the skills that I needed to ultimately launch this company last week. And so when I think about the education system, all the teachers, all of the support staff, all of the executive staff, all of the coaches, the, the thing that I realized the most is everybody has such an impact on the on the students in, in such an incredible way. I mean, just thinking that, you know, 20, 25 years from now, a student's going to look back and say, I remember that one statement that somebody said yeah. in some English or history class and the impact yeah. it had on the rest of their life. That's that power of that influence that a teacher can have in our lives, right? And that seed has stayed with you. So, you know. You know, perhaps you do run for public office one of these days. You know, you got a, you got a way, you got a ways ahead of you. Yeah. So you 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 probably answered this, but I do want to pry a little bit. So as you think about what you're doing now and what you're building with this new company and the experiences you've had, what do you wish that that schools would do more of, or better, or differently? Yeah, to prepare prepare people. Yeah, it's a great question. So my senior daughter Bailey Stern, she's a big cat, and I love this this community and the collaboration that SI is is created to to foster the community and grow the community. And if you think and so, and just just to clarify, big cat's like a, a big sister, right? Like a, a a senior who's mentoring a freshman, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah. So this last Sunday, she had an opportunity to meet with the with some of the freshman cohort that came into SI. And, you know, you think back as a freshman walking into high school, it, it's an overwhelming experience. And, and there is a, a big age gap. And if you think, and you, you don't know what you don't know. And having a mentor that is an upper class person to be able to connect with and align with and ask questions of and just somebody that you know is there looking looking out for you, I think is such an incredible program. That is something that I didn't have when I went to high school. Um, and it was really, you sort of lean on your your peers as you're going through that process. But I I love this notion of, of the, the community extending itself. And I almost think that that can continue to extend to the teachers, really having sort of a mentor-mentee type of relationship as well. And so I, I think growing up, that was something that you'd have to reach out for versus something that was 
was really programmatic. And I thought I was, I was very impressed through this SI's Big Cat program. And uh, both my daughter's really enjoying it. And the feedback that I'm getting from the incoming freshmen, they're really enjoying it as well. Any other, you know, as we kind of wrap this thing up, do you have some suggestions, recommendations, whether it's something to watch, read, or just advice that you'd offer to, to folks as, as they uh, go through their education journey and prepare for the life beyond uh, school? Yeah, absolutely. So it goes quickly. So you you blink an eye, you know, you go, I always look at life in, in four-year sprints. You start high school, four years, you college, four years, and your first entry-level job, et cetera. And as you, as you move through, it moves quickly. One of my mentors taught me, he said, look at the horizon. Don't look at where you are today. Look at where you want to go. Not to say don't enjoy the moment and experience everything you possibly can as, as you go through it, but I would, I would challenge the students at SI to start thinking about what is it you want to do four years from now? What, do you, what is it you want to focus on? It? And you don't have to make a decision and, and live with it. You could, you could change it every week, but start thinking about how do I get more involved? How do I get more engaged? And things reach out to people like myself and say, you know what? I would love a summer internship. I would love to learn about the technology industry, or I'd love to learn the skill set of how do I sell technology? Whatever it is your passion is, reach out to your community. I just really want to convey how hard it is to actually hire and get talented people. So don't be overwhelmed by reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, I would love to intern for you. The employer or the hiring manager loves the opportunity to meet with students like yourself to be able to say, hey, come on in for three months, learn about this trade learn about how the technology industry works. So my door is always open. I know many of my peers in the technology industry embrace that same notion. And so uh, don't be afraid to reach out to people and say, look, I want to get involved. That's great advice. You know, we will have alums reach out to us asking for connections, you know, post-college, excuse me. And we're often amazed at how many don't. And oftentimes it's the students who come from, you know, parents who are uh, already professionals, you know, have kind of worked, been through the system and whatnot, and they know enough to reach out. A lot of times it's the alums who may be the first in their family to go to college are a little reticent about reaching out or, or don't do that. And that's one of the things we're working on is really trying to expand those opportunities because that makes a difference. Having that, those industry and professional experiences and making those personal connections have a far reaching ramifications. I think that's uh, it's great advice and it's never too young to get started, right? Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, Bailey had indicated to me that she wants to get into computer science and coding and video game de development and virtual reality. And it's, you know, I mentioned to her, I said, virtual reality is going to be an entirely different thing 10 years from now. So get started yeah. today and watch yeah. it evolve and be part of that experience. And so, yeah, the, the sky's the limit and never ending opportunities. And SI is such an an incredible and powerful community. There's going to be no shortage of opportunities. You just have to reach out and ask for them. Well, Peter, I want to thank you a ton for taking the time to uh, share your experience with us and some insight into some of the real important building blocks in educational experience and the importance of mentors in our journey. And here we are as you are on the launch pad for this next chapter. So we're very excited about voicebrain.ai and, and look forward to seeing how things progress for you. Thanks so much, Joe. Absolutely my pleasure and go Cats. All right. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of Who Needs School. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you hear, please follow and review this podcast. 
And feel free to email me at joevollert at gmail.com with any questions or suggestions. I've appreciated hearing from a number of you. Thank you.